Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. You can't add holy stuff to a sinful life and think it equals salvation. Don't ever forget that. You can't add spiritual service to a sinful life and believe that that will equate relationship with the Lord. God calls us to make the U-turn. God calls us to repent, turn away from that life, turn away from those behaviors, turn away from all that stuff and come to me with all your heart. Jesus didn't die on the cross to have most of me. What does it mean to be a good person? Is it good deeds every once in a while that make us feel better about ourselves? Or is it following a higher calling? Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that God has a purpose and plan already set in motion for your life. Instead of doing so-called good deeds to make you feel like you're balancing out the bad things in your life, let God take control. He has a plan for you, and you've always been in His plans. Lose the burdens that are dragging you down and follow Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Jonah chapter 3 as he continues his message, Second Chances. Jonah gets there on the first day's walk. He said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Is that a heartfelt message? I read some commentaries that were saying there had to be more to the message. That couldn't have been. They were suggesting, Jonah had to say a lot more. This is maybe just the crux of the heart of the message. I'm just going to go off the Bible. I I have a habit of doing that. I'm reading this. It looked like Jonah gave an eight-word sermon. Not heartfelt. Jonah's like, okay, God, what's the message? 40 days, you're going to judge them? Fine. I'm not adding nothing to it. I'm not going to juicy it up. I'm not going to try to persuade them to obey it. He just walks in and says, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Y'all heard? Amen. That's it. And he even said them extra words. That was it. Like, imagine that. Like, imagine walking into a room and just saying, if you don't change, you're going to go to hell. God bless you. That's it. That's what he just did right here. He didn't treat it and try. He's not trying is what I want to point out. I don't think Jonah's going saying, man, I really hope this works. I mean, I, I, he just, I'm just going to obey. God just said, go say it. I'm going to go say it there. I said it. That's how I believe this is going down. You see, gave him the message. Now, this is the miracle, right? I'm listening to that message and I'm thinking, what do they do with that message? Look at what they do with this message. Look at what happens to this people. It says in verse five, it says, so the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed, right? That's the beginning of coming to the Lord. You believe they believe God. The people of Nineveh had one of their their main pagan God was a fish God named Dagon. And some people suggest that because Jonah's arrival barked out of the belly of the fish, that it may have it may have caused them and their superstition about their God. But to look at Jonah as like, whoa. Well, this is our, our God is showing up, you know, like he just got thrown about it. We don't know any of that. These are all speculations, but I just want to throw it out there that it may have it may have gone. It may have helped the message after all. But he gets thrown up. He says, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And look at what happens. All the people of Nineveh, they believe God. They proclaim the fast. They put on sackcloth. That's what that was the garment of, of mourning and of repentance in that era. From the greatest to the least of them, this is the rich and the poor. Everybody did the same thing. Then it says, then word came from the king of Nineveh. So now this has reached the throne, the king, the person in charge of Nineveh. He arose from his throne, laid aside his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. 
another sign of mourning and repentance, a visual sign of mourning and repentance. And look at what he did. He caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Now, here's the deal. This is serious repentance, right? All the people believe that's a miracle. I don't want you to miss the miracle of that. Everybody heard this message and said they all believe. They all believe God on account of that message. Then their belief was fleshed out in repentance. They took steps. The, the mourning, the sackcloth and ashes, the, they proclaimed the fast, the fast. We're not going to pleasure ourselves. We're not going to eat. We're not going to consume food or water, right? And then it, it went beyond that. It said not even the animals, right? I don't know. Some of us have fasted. Anybody ever been so serious about your fast that the dog didn't eat neither? Nobody's eating. The whole house going to be miserable. Babies, dogs, the fish tank's not getting food. Nobody's eating. I'm, the, I'm taking feed, bird seed out the bird feeder. You know, they said, man, beast, nobody's eating or drinking water. They didn't even know God that well. They said, just maybe, maybe if we do this, if God sees this, maybe he'll relent. It's not God changing his mind because God didn't change his mind. God knows what's going to happen before it happens. But it's God changing uh, his course. Looks like God was getting ready to do that. When it says God relents, God, God lets up. God, God changes what he was going to do. And so in this case, it was to bring judgment. Um, God says that, you know, they said maybe he'll relent. Maybe he'll change what he was going to do towards us. If, if he sees that we're repenting and we're taking him serious, we're believing him. Once again, for those that would say, and, and this, is, this, is, this is poison in the church of God. So I hope you all hear me on this. There are people that proclaim faith in Christ. People that for years claim to know the Lord. You could be a regular church attender, a Bible scripture quoter, a Christian song singer. But if you've never turned away from sin, are you in a good place? You are not in a good place. But that's very prevalent. Some people relate their relationship with the Lord to their attendance at church. And so, oh, I've been in church my whole life. That don't mean nothing. I hope y'all know that. I don't say that to be offensive. I say that to be, I want it to be helpful, right? There are people, oh, I've been in church. Do you know the Lord? Oh, I've been in church my whole life. I said, do you know the Lord, right? I can ask you, do you play professional football? I've been at that stadium my whole life. That don't mean nothing. You've been a janitor for all I know, selling peanuts, you know, like that doesn't mean you know the Lord. Do you know the Lord? Have you given your heart to the Lord? Have you repented? Have you turned from sin and turned towards Christ? Are you going to heaven when you die? You don't get to go to heaven because you go to church, right? Now you go to church because you're going to heaven. You know, we go to be around God's people. But I want you to know that it's not, it doesn't, you, just because we, we join, we go to a place and we assemble ourselves and we become familiar with the phrases and even familiar with the book and familiar with the songs. If you're not familiar with the God of all those things, if he's not familiar with you, if you're not known by him, that's a problem. In Matthew chapter 7, there were people that stood before God in the time of judgment and they thought they knew God. And Jesus said to them, I never knew you. And they said, no, 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 you're making a mistake, Lord. Who he doesn't make mistakes. They said, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We spoke for you. Preachers. We cast out demons in your name. We did spiritual holy stuff. 
We did many wonders in your name. And you know what he says? Depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Right? How come he didn't know them? They never stopped sinning. They never repented. You can't add holy stuff to a sinful life and think it equals salvation. Don't ever forget that. You can't add spiritual service to a sinful life and believe that that will equate relationship with the Lord. God calls us to make the U-turn. God calls us to repent, turn away from that life, turn away from those behaviors, turn away from all that stuff and come to me with all your heart. Jesus didn't die on the cross to have most of me. How much of me did he purchase with his blood? All of me, all of me. He wants all of you too. He wants all of us. And he doesn't settle for less than that. So they repent. Their repentance is fleshed out in these behaviors, these actions that they take. And I I just think it's important to note that in this moment, they're taking God very serious. Here's the three things I wrote that that they do. They fast, they mourn, and then they repent. Let's stop this violence. They were a wicked, violent people. They were a murderous people. Let's stop it. And everything stopped. And the reason why God came in the first place to that group, right? If you remember the beginning of the book, it says, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach them because their sin has come up before me. God said, I'm, I'm aware of the wickedness there. Something has to be done. And so God said, I, I'm, I need to, I'm going to send you to go share the message with them. And I'm amazed at how ready they were to repent. Here's something I want you to consider too. Sometimes the people that seem like they would be the least responsive to the gospel, right? Sometimes the people that are putting off behaviors that are even just repulsive and like, ugh, I just don't even want to, you know, just I want to stay away from those. Sometimes, not only are those the people in the most in the need of, but many times those people are ready. They're gonna, th- those are people that are gonna respond. Sometimes we make the judgment. We'll look at some people and say, oh, they, I think they would, I think they'll come to the Lord. You know, they just already seem like a nice person. Them be the hardest people. They think they're good already without God. But sometimes we'll overlook people and just think, nah, they're, you know, if you ever looked at any sinner and thought there's no hope. You should repent of that because there's hope for everybody. And the people of that day would have looked at Nineveh as they're so far gone, so wicked, so dark, so like there's no hope for them. But there was hope for them. They all repent right here. And if there are people that you may look at and just think, man, I just seem like I don't think God could even reach them. Then don't think that. Reach out to them. Move forward and just see. Like Many times those are the people, people that they put off this thing of I ain't hearing it. I can't hear it. But they are hearing it. I've shared with you guys many times that God had led me to the Lord. I was so verbally abusive and argumentative and it didn't look like to him. It didn't look like anything he said ever got through, but so much of it got through. I'm glad he kept saying it. I'm glad he didn't, you know, I'm glad he didn't get annoyed and quit, you know, but that's how I got saved. And I knew lots of people that didn't even try. And so maybe there are people in your life today that you haven't even tried because it just seems like. They're going to blow me off. They're going to yell at me. They're going to. Can I encourage you today to try anyway to go in God's name to go because God needs a representative. That person needs somebody to love them more than they love themselves to come and share a message with them. Could you be that person to people in your life? Would you be faithful with the message? Sometimes we can be Jonah's. The mission, maybe it may not be as point blank where God is saying, Bill, go to that town and give that. It may be God nudging me in my heart saying, go talk to him. Oh, talk to him, Lord. Go talk to him. See what I see what I'll do. And and you'd be blown away as you'd be obedient to that, what God will do. 
There's a guy for you guys that have been to the building. Some of you guys have been there working during the day. There's a guy. He's got some kind of problem, but he sits at the bus stop all day and he screams top of his lungs. He got a white earbud in his ear and he'd be just going off, going to town, yelling. And he looks like, I mean, you look at him at a distance like, man, he looks like he's aggressive. You know, he looks like if you go and confront him, you have to be ready to box. You know, that's what it looks like. And. You know, I watched it for several days. Me and a couple of the guys were up there. They're like, does he do that every day? I'm like, yeah, he does. He just, he's upset. And when you, I started listening to what he's yelling at, and some of it is almost like there, there must be people taking advantage of him, and he can't say nothing to them, so he's at the bus stop venting it out. And he's venting about people taking his money and not giving him what he needs on time and all this different stuff. And so convicted that I hadn't even approached him yet, I'm like, I'm going to just go. And I went and I approached him. And first he tried to go around. He didn't want to talk, but he stopped. Can I tell you that now every time he, he looks for me to look at him? He does. He looks, he looks for me to come over. When he walks by, he'll stop. I can go and have a few words with him. If he's at the bus stop and I come by, he stops yelling and he'll smile, uh, shake my hand. I've never heard him speak an aggressive, vulgar word to me, not once. And every time I talk to him, the Lord's ministering to me that there's, he, he needs help. And then people aren't helping him. There's something he has something. Something's wrong. And I got a son with a disability. So I'm looking and thinking this. This might be what it looks like for someone to have a disability and not be taken care of, not have family or somebody to love you and protect you. And so God's like, so I, I need you to have a heart for him because I'm looking at the way that other people look at him and nobody has a heart. You look at him. He looks crazy. His behavior says he's a crazy guy. And God's like, so you got to be you guys got to be different. That guy's life should be impacted because the church just moved on the corner. We can't be like every other business in the area that's like, I hope he stays away. We got to be there. His life should be changed because we're there. And I pray that that's going to be the case. I pray one day he'll come sit inside and do Micah sing or something, you know, and to come worship with us. So maybe there are people that God would have us to reach out to and not not prejudge, you know, how they're going to respond. But just go for it. See what God will do. Moving on now. Look at the last part. Look at verse 10. So after they all repented, verse 10, this is God's response. Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And so God's response to their repentance is that he said, okay, I'm not going to bring judgment upon their lives. They don't need me to interfere now. They don't need me to bring judgment. They've, they've repented and that's all God wanted. God wanted them to turn from their sin and turn to him and he got it. And he got it through the spoken word. And so here's another point. Here are the two options that people have when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. Jonah, obviously, as a prophet, we saw him repent, right? He disobeyed God and, and then God brought about consequences and he repented. The group here, they hadn't had a consequence yet. It was a threat of a consequence that brought them to repentance. This was important. As we preach the gospel, right, what's the consequence of rejecting the gospel ultimately? Say it again. Hell, right? Now, there are people that don't want to talk about that. Do you know this? Do you know that there are people that are like, mm, I don't want to talk about hell. It so, seems so harsh, so, you know, fiery. You know, I don't want to be a hellfire brimstone person. But there's a reality, right? Is hell a reality? Yeah. It is. And so do I get to choose whether or not I want to include that in my gospel presentation? No, I don't. Not if I'm a, not if I'm a faithful minister. I can't invite you to come to God. Because, you know, he loves you and he just wants to bless you. And I, I can't take all the good stuff. I can't say, you know, you come to God because he just loves you and he's going to bless your life. And, you know, he, he has a plan for you. And are those things true? Yeah. yeah. 
But I'll never forget this. I remember when I first got saved, trying to share with a friend of mine. And, and I was green. I didn't really have all the stuff together. And I remember telling him, like, man, you should give your life to the Lord, man. So that, that was that same basic generic stuff. You know, I didn't even understand the gospel, I think, real well. But I'm like, man, just God's a blessing. And I remember him looking at me. He was like, dude, I got a Beamer. I got a boat. I got my own place. Like, I'm blessed already. I'm good. Maybe that you need that. I'm okay. And I was like, well, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, I guess he's all right then. I mean, you know. <laughs> so. It's not a faithful presentation of the gospel if, if, if people aren't warned, right? I can share with you the promise, heaven, eternal life, in the presence of the Lord, no sorrow, no suffering, no fear, no pain, hallelujah, right? I can share that, but I got to also tell you there's a, there's, a, there's a reality too that if you reject this message, if you die without Christ, everybody that dies without Christ suffers the same fate. I can tell you what heaven's like, wonderful, streets of gold. You know, pearly gates, no fire, you know, no, no suffering, no death, no sickness, no illness. No. I mean, I can tell you all that. But what's hell like? Do you know the Bible gives us more information about hell than about heaven? It does. What's hell like? Outer darkness, weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth. The worm dieth not, fire and brimstone forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Some more. I mean, that's what the Bible says hell's going to be like. And you'll be mentally alert to regret that you dare. So there's a reality, too. Do y'all know that that's how come I got saved? When, when hell was explained to me, it pierced me. Because I thought I was a pretty bad dude. I was prideful and arrogant and very confident in myself. But when I heard about hell, I looked and I'm like, I, I was charming. You can't charm your way out of hell. Uh, I felt like I was pretty brave. If it was a matter of fighting, I'd be all right. You can't fight hell. What you going to do? You're going to burn. And as I understood what hell was, it, the, for the first time in my life, the fear of God entered me. I understood that, man, I, God is not playing. And, I, and, and he's offering me a way out. I'll take it. I took it. I took it. 19, October 1995, I took it. So Jonah didn't come to Nineveh and say, hey, guys, you guys should repent. Come to the Lord so he can just bless you. And, you know, it's, it's a, he's a better God than Dagon. He just said, look, y'all going to get judged. God about to tear y'all up. I'm warning you. And that was it. And they repented. I'm not telling you to go and be mean or harsh. I am saying that as we minister to people and that's their reality, you owe it to them. It's an unfaithful doctor that will look at a person that has cancer and not tell them so they don't have a bad day. And that's the, you guys know that's happened before. Someone's gone in and the doctor sees it and they're like, mm, and, and it doesn't tell them the full thing. That's wrong because it's going later on when it's too late and they, they can't deny it. You look back, I wish you had told me the truth, right? I can't have anybody that I interacted with in hell wishing I had told them. I got to tell you. At the same time, there, there are going to be people that hear it and they ponder it. They get right with the Lord. Our job is just to present the message, right? All Jonah had to do was give the message. You realize Jonah fell out the book after he gave the message that God says, all you need to do is give it to him. Is it your job to make him receive it? Nope. Is it your, your job to run behind him? Do, do you agree with my message? You agree with me? You know, that's where Christians mess up too. You know, worrying about how they're going to feel about you. You don't matter that much, much as you think you do. You're not in the equation as much as I got to just deliver the message and get out the way. I'll give the gospel out and I'll just let it be. Now, I don't need to badger you about it. You heard it. I'll let the Holy Spirit do that. That's his job. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not the Holy Ghost. 
I, I, I call people that try to be the Holy Ghost as this. You can't be the Holy Ghost Junior. There's one Holy Spirit, right? It's his job to come behind the, the word and, and bring conviction and, and bring us to a place where open our eyes, reveal things. So we can give the message and just step back. I was faithful. I gave it. Now I can just love on you and, and see what God does. And so here's my encouragement to us from Jonah chapter three. Number one, God does give second chances. Second chances for what? Second chances to get to walk with him. Also, second chances to serve him. And so if there are any of you here today that belong in the service of the Lord. How do you know you belong in God's service? Because the, the gifts he's given you the, and the callings he's given. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God doesn't change his mind about the gifts he's given us. He won't take them away. And what he's called us to do, we can live in a way that disqualifies us from exercising them. But God's not changing his mind. If there's something hindering, if there's just a matter of fear or doubt or whatever, then everybody would find themselves in a place where God, is, I'm, I want to redeem the time. The days are evil. I don't know how much time is left, but I want to I want to be found serving you in the way that you desire. I want you to have your way with my gifts. And that's for everybody. Everybody, everybody that's born again has some gift. And we went through the gifts before. The gifts are for the glory of God and the edifying of the body, right? Find a way to get back there. God, God gives second chances, right? God gives, God gives people a chance to get back where they belong, being used by him. As Jonah was called to be faithful to give the message, may you, may I, may we be faithful to share the gospel message. That's what God's called us to do. May we share it faithfully. May we share it with everyone that will listen to us. May we share it without concern for how we'll look or how they'll respond to us. May we be faithful to share the message. Number three, as we looked at the people of Nineveh and they repented. If there's repentance necessary in our, in our lives, there are areas where you need to repent that hopefully today you understand better than you did before what it looks like to repent. That repentance is actually action. If you notice in verse 10, it says when God saw their works, right? He saw what they did. He saw they believed, but their belief was followed up with what they did. Your belief should also be followed up by what you do, right? Your believing Jesus should be followed up with a life of obedience and submission and surrender. And so if you find that I believe the right things, but I'm doing the wrong things, then may today be for you a day where you align those things. You get that right. God, I'm going to repent today. I want to believe the right thing and therefore do the right things. And then the last thing, as we looked at in verse 10, as God saw their works, their repentance, he saw they turned away. He relented from the disaster, right? It's not God's heart. It's not his heart to punish you. He's a loving dad. God would rather nurture you and grow you and love you. And that's what he would rather have that relationship. But like any good parent, the kid determines what the relationship will be, not the parent, right? God's heart, love you. I got a plan for you. I have things I want you to do. I'm going to give you instruction, direction that is in line with my purpose and plan. You will determine what our relationship will be like. Is it sweet? Is, is there communion and sweetness and fellowship? And, or is it, is it discipline? Is it, is it a relationship where you disobey? I got to come after you and you'll determine that. May we all make choices that cause us to have a sweet relationship with the Lord. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for the examples through the life of Jonah. And God, I pray for all of us that are listening in today. God, I pray, pray you would help us, Lord. I pray this message would help us to walk closely with you, Lord, that we'd be, uh, we'd have victor victory in our walk and relationship with you, Lord. God, I pray you would give us your heart for the lost, that we look at the world in which we live and people are lost in so many different things and you love every single one of them, Lord. You died for the lost. 
God, I pray you would uh, stir our hearts up, Lord. Help us to be faithful with the message of the gospel, faithful to carry it to those that will listen to us. Help us to care about the condition of lost people. Help us to consider their end. And God, help us to be empowered by your spirit to speak your truth to them with love and boldness and courage and to trust you with the outcome. God, I pray there be people that come to know you as a result of what we heard from this book today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on A Transforming Word. As he teaches through the book of Jonah, this book may seem a bit extraordinary, a giant fish swallowing a man, but it's true. And God orchestrated the whole story. In fact, he knew how the whole thing would play out from the beginning. God is constantly in control, and he's in control of the world now. You may not be able to see beyond the chaos, beyond the storms that brew all around, but God does. He knows how things are going to turn out, and he's continually rescuing his people from danger. Trust him and follow him, no matter what. We're so glad you tuned in today. The message you just heard is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel, Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday, and we would love for you to be a part of our time of worship and Bible study. You can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Jonah next time on A Transforming Word.